Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Edward Snowden is uh, now officially a Russian. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently uh, Vladimir Putin granted him citizenship. Uh, As you know, Edward Snowden, nearly a decade ago, came out with the uh, various revelations, or at least for a lot of people, what were revelations for those uh, who sort of knew the government was spying on its own people. It wasn't a huge shock, just confirmation of what a lot of people uh, long suspected. And it's hard to believe that it's been almost 10 years. This coming summer of 2023, it will be 10 years since the NSA stuff. I have a question. Why did you say the government is spying on its own people? Uh, Old habit, I guess. Yeah, I think that sounds really, really bad. That sounds terrible, in my opinion. How would you say it? I'd say there's a gang of criminals spying on people around them. That calling themselves the government? Calling themselves the government. Don't you kind of voluntarily opt into it, though, by staying where they, you know, the piece of land that they claim? There's not another place on the earth that's not owned by a government gang, including well, your island. All kinds of places you can go where the government won't spy on you and they won't pay attention. I mean... Are there? Yeah, you can go places. You, they don't have Walmart. You know? I'm pretty sure if Ian went anywhere, the government's still going to be spying on They're going to be looking for him if he goes anywhere yeah. because he is currently under bail conditions. Well, not just that. Even if he got set free tomorrow, I'm pretty sure wherever he went, the government would keep an eye on him. It could be the case that uh, he would be considered a large enough target, um, but at the very least, they wouldn't be able to trump up silly excuses for raiding a studio they'd need to have something more in order to send foreign police it's not like they can send the fbi in on foreign land so they have to have uh you know better they'd have to have have better reasoning than we think maybe there's been a violation of some banking laws in the united states well i mean if it's russia then they're going to do whatever they want to do to you right like they don't even have the same kind of ostensibly constitutional protections. I mean, Russia is way down the list on the economic freedom rankings in the world, and it doesn't do so good in personal freedoms either. I mean, this is not one of the freest places. Ukraine isn't much better, if no. worse. I'm not sure. If, they're right. I, I don't know where day. they're at. They're um, in the same range, same range yeah. basically. And, and Ukraine people is- think that Ukraine, it seems to be that uh, you know people around the world think that Ukraine is some kind of liberal democracy. Straight up lie. You know, that basically it's a stone and it's just not. No, it's not. Um, it's one uh, totalitarian, authoritarian government, inefficient government, attacking another. Well, Snowden is out, and he's never coming back because they're not going to pardon him here, most likely. They're not, uh, <laughs> he'll be lucky if they don't assassinate him. Yeah, uh, and I suspect that's one of the reasons why he is where he is. And according to the story over at RT.com, Vladimir Putin has granted Russian citizenship to U.S. National Security Agency whistleblower Edward Snowden, according to the TASS News Agency on Monday. That's Russia's own propaganda. The American's name was included without fanfare on a list of 72 foreigners who became citizens. Hmm, without fanfare. I like that. Snowden, who applied for citizenship in... Can you your... imagine the person who ran across it the first time, the, the press agent or whatever? Mm-hmm. The, the... What? what? <laughs> you don't think they would have known? That that was going to happen? It said it was that without was ceremony. There? 
Well, I don't know. Uh, Snowden applied for citizenship in 2020 upon receiving permanent residency rights, has not commented on the decision as of Monday evening Moscow time. His wife will also apply for citizenship. According to his lawyer, the former contractor is not eligible for mobilization to the Ukrainian front as he did not serve in the Russian army. Huh. Okay. Because I know that they are supposedly drafting people to go fight in the uh, the Donbass. Wait, how would, would he have fought in the Russian army? Isn't he an American? He has not, right? So, yeah, that's why he uh, well, has not. What they're saying is, is that if you were Russian, presumably you had to go through the Russian military. You have already gotten your training. You are therefore a reservist. Mm. And if you remember what the United States did to reservists during the Iraq war, they were calling Call up. Them up. They were calling up reservists in their 60s -hmm. for the Iraq war, and now Russia appears to be doing the same. Hmm. Uh, So the fact that I know you're not supposed to compare uh, the United States and Russia. Sorry about that. While the fact that Snowden has lived in Russia since fleeing the U.S. in 2013 has been held up as proof that he was undermining the U.S. government on behalf of Moscow. That's just proof he didn't want to go to prison. (laughs) (laughs) He was marooned in the airport there upon arriving from Hong Kong to catch a flight to Cuba after the U.S. canceled his passport mid-flight. So he actually didn't plan to go to Russia. Wait, so just... Just showing what the government is actually doing is supposedly undermining the United States to help another country. It's just just by shining Telling light on what yeah, the government tell- is actually doing. Correct. Yeah. Uh, he was reportedly en route to Ecuador, where he had lodged an asylum request with what was then a government friendly toward American dissidents. And of course, we know that the Ecuadorian president has since that time changed. I guess he's going to be staying there unless he can get a Russian passport maybe if he's since he's a russian citizen he could get a russian of course passport he could and, sure and that's then, part of one of the things you enjoy with a passport the question with is a citizen with citizenship. citizenship yeah i mean i can't think of any citizenship other than something like uh north korea or something that you wouldn't expect to be able to get a passeport so um, this may let him leave in theory if he's willing to risk it the largest country in the world geographically yeah this this is this would now allow him to fly out of uh russia and in theory and go, where? go somewhere else that's not going to hand him over to the united states where's that probably china so hmm. um i wouldn't take anything but a direct flight mm-hmm. oh um, yeah. yeah you know um not on an american airline either and, uh, you know, I wouldn't trust, you, you know, you just said China. Yeah. I wouldn't trust. And by the way, Xi, Xi Jinping may very well be under house arrest right now uh, with a uh, Chinese revolution going on. Wait, so, what is this? Do you mean like a covid type house arrest? Or? No. Oh. What, what is what Chinese revolution? There's there, there appear. I mean, you know, there are rumors floating that he's under house arrest. The president of the country. Yeah. Wow, I had not heard that one. I've heard about the protests in And they're uh, rumors. I'm not this is yeah. not news. I'm just saying that here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't trust the Chinese government oh, hell no. to not use me as a pawn mm. in some kind of international intrigue. Yeah. We'll trade you Snowden for Taiwan. That's a good point. Yeah. He seems to be relatively okay there in uh in Russia. There's just so, so much to look at and do. There's like I heard fifty different ethnic ver- uh different types of ethnic groups just in russia wow or maybe more than that like a hundred or something Ugh, i i wish i knew the actual number before i said that and it's just you like he said the biggest country in the world there's lots of different cities different terrain i would like to go to russia not going to happen anytime soon i'm afraid but uh, it, yeah, it's an interesting place 144 million people if i recall correctly there and of course the gas is really cheap that's in kind russia. of like it's still 
kind of a small number it for Look, yeah, population because it's, because it's so cold. It's cold, yes. Certainly, if you get too close to a police officer, it's like getting close to an angry dog or uh, you know a bear or something like that. You are risking them attacking you in some way, whether or not there's a law. You're just risking just a personal... I mean, they don't have to listen to laws. They'll they'll do something to you and have immunity from it anyway. That's true. So you're kind of more of an expert on this than I am, let's say that, and probably more of an expert than the vast majority of the people listening. Because I've done a lot of recording. You've done a lot of recording. Now, you have some specialized recording devices, Mm -hmm. but you probably know the answer to this question is... How close do you need to be with your phone in order to get, uh, you know, orders that are barked out at uh, somebody who's being wrestled to the ground and things like that? It depends. I mean, it depends on how far uh, the sound is carrying. Are are they yelling? Okay, if they're barking orders, then you probably don't have to be that close. But yep. if you are at is a- that close, meaning eight feet? Less than eight feet, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you are at a pullover and there's car engines that are running, you got the uh, co- the yeah. cop's engine running, the car that was pulled over's engine's running, you got a cop, you're standing on the sidewalk, the driver's side is on the other side from where you are, yeah. and the cop's standing at that window, it's going to be hard well, to what, hear what's being said. Why even wonder how far away do you need to get to uh, film these people who are legally allowed to jump on top and hold you down and handcuff your hands behind your back? You should be able to get as close to those people doing that to your friends and community members as possible as much as you want. I well, mean, I understand why the police are uncomfortable about it, right? Because they are trained to be paranoid that people are out to get them. And in some cases, people are out to get them, right? There are some people who are out to harm the police. So I don't I don't blame them for being jumpy about, like, if you've ever gotten behind a police officer before, they get yeah. real jumpy in a lot of cases because they don't want you, you know, walking up on them and Stabbing them doing or, something, you know, grabbing do something their bad. gun or, yeah. or whatever it is that they're worried about is going to happen. So they always want to have their eyes on, you know, people, and that's why they get real nervous uh, about something like that happening. So, again, that's why you do have to be cautious uh, when you are approaching an officer in And it seems like way. eight feet and like I don't know whether they're you know the the law is probably pretty specific. They just say eight feet in the article because an article is not law and all that. Now, as I recall from when we were talking about this when it was being passed, uh, there was a exemption to it, meaning that if you were in your own home, I believe they exempted people from that. So it was only intended for like in the streets kind of recording. Okay. Because obviously, like you were saying, Mark, if you're in a circumstance, a situation where you are you have to be within eight feet of this person, then you should still have the right to record I them. mean, there are still places outside of your home where you kind of have to be within eight feet of a, of a person to film sure. them. Like, I went to go film uh, our friend Lumpy yelling at the thieves, I don't know what they are, that were threatening us, saying that we needed a permit. He went to go yell at them, so me and the 11-year-old cop block boy wonder, who's like, 18 now we went to go film him and the uh cops got called because these weren't cops they were enforcement people and that room we were all in with like i don't know there ended up being like 10 people in it you had to be at least eight feet away from a cop and we were filming them and uh there was this it's like the top floor of city hall oh i remember that and that room's not very big and there ended up being like 10 people in it at one time in fact me and uh, Mikey went to stand behind a cop because he kept standing behind us and we told him six feet <laughs> and the cop didn't like us standing behind him at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uncomfortable when somebody who you know is potentially a violent lunatic 
uh, is standing outside of your vision, mm-hmm. and they could do all manner of harm to you. So, yeah, you want to have those people within your vision. I don't uh, think of cops as violent lunatics, but I do know that they're not— well, so everybody is, right? Mm. Um, but the then cop more so than others. is not going to be held responsible. That's so true. it's not that the cop is, like, as a person, more likely to be violent. I think it's they that, are. I think they are after I think June 2020. The reason, is, it, the reason is, is because they're not going to be held responsible for their and actions that in the same a way. kind of person. And especially that. now, the people who have quit the police uh, forces in the last two years are only the psychotic uh, order following worst ones now the ones the, who the only, quit or the ones who haven't quit the only ones who haven't quit or yeah quit. the ones that are from there when? now what what's the time period that's from relevant? 2020 when everybody was like we hate cops now uh stop being ruthless horrible killing people and then what a bunch of people quit and then their... also they had to get these mandates to take vaccines and a lot of them the only like good people who wouldn't want to force that on people or people who would you know want not want to take it themselves and all those people quit i'm pretty sure that the Herd has been cold, and only the really bad people, the bad apples, are like the only ones left. I can see the point you're making on um, somebody being more willing to, uh, less willing to enforce a mandate, a medical mandate, um, on people if they chose not to have it themselves. However, I would say that many people would uh, just got it because they had to. As soon as the numbers flip against them. They change how they behave. And we saw that happen here in Keene where there weren't angry people. There were, I mean, some people were upset, but there were people smoking pot in Central Square and the cops couldn't do anything about that against 150 people because they just don't have the numbers to do it. But the main thing is I think they got told to stand down because these people were protesting the murder of one person. They weren't going to look any better if they went and shot out or shot five people or whatever you were talking about because their stupid building was getting caught on fire. <laughs> Look, if you came to my house and my family was at threat. It's not their house I, or their family. I understand that it wasn't their house and their family. How do you know it wasn't kids at uh, work day? And how do we know those protesters didn't? I mean, how did those protesters know they weren't harming innocent people in that building? I don't know, man. You're taking me back two years. I don't think cops are really innocent people, period. It's not fresh on my mind, so I can't tell you what the order of uh, events was back then. I don't think it's fair to ask all these questions. It sounds like McVeigh here on the radio. I'd say go out and defend your building. If you've been hired... Why? It's just a building. It's not even their building. (laughs) Then then why take the paycheck? Because you you take the paycheck. That's why you should do it. That's why they want to stay alive, so they can keep taking a paycheck. They're not there to die for a damn building. They are there to keep getting money from the state and and if there's a thousand angry people outside and I they're think gonna that's hightail what it, it the hell out of there and that's what it demonstrates ian it demonstrates that they're there for money from the state right. not to do a job to protect you or even their own building no doubt how do you think you're they're going to protect you they building. didn't even protect their own building they know they're going to get another and i'll building. give you an example if there was rioters in my old town where i was a firefighter mm-hmm. And we had could come out with hoses, um, like you know, yeah, I'd have defended my fire station from rioters. Okay, sure, they sure wouldn't have thrown you Molotov have cocktails it from a thousand of them. Well, <laughs> if you get superior forces, you and a fire hose isn't going to keep back a thousand rioters. It'll keep back a lot of people. Yeah, it will. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm sorry, you're going to be overwhelmed by numbers. And those those guys, those cops, I'm not defending what they did, but what they did was they ran out of a situation that was completely untenable for them. Uh, they did know, what they had to they do get, to leave. They get hazard pay for a reason. 
And that reason is, is so that at the very least they can defend their own building. I want to talk about something that um, Mark addressed last night um, about New Hampshire and, and the freedom migration movement there. I mean, it, you know, it certainly takes on a, a certain character based on the movers and the kind of people who stand out the mi- migration. Um, and it's, pretty, it's pretty good diversity of, of types of people. But like Mark said, you can't make a place that's free for everyone. You can't provide everyone with freedom because there's so many different ideas of what freedom is. I mean, there is a certain kind of libertarian ideal that you guys talk on the show, but like beyond that, the, the nap is good, but beyond that, there are people, there are things. The nap is the non-aggression, non-aggression principle. principle. Yes. Um, and that, that people hold things to be very dear and important principles to them. Um, and that they would not, you know, compromise them in the name of freedom, or they see those things as a direct threat or a form of aggression. So like, you're going to have people that are not going, that this idea of freedom is that they don't have, um, you know, uh, sexual teaching, the state teaching sexual stuff in the schools or puberty blockers being, you know, as recommended by school counselors or something. And some people will say that's exactly what we want and you can't, we don't want anybody to curtail that or that people, some people's idea of freedom is that they are free from the risk of like medical bankruptcy in the case of uh, a catastrophic illness or injury. Sure. Some uh, people on the left believe that freedom means freedom from want, freedom uh, from having to work. Uh, freedom from having to take care of themselves. So yes, you're and right. There are the definitely thing, a lot. The thing that the people on the right keep bringing up in this sort of a conversation is what you brought up, the schools and what they teach and what the guidance counselors give the kids. But somebody who cares about freedom shouldn't want all of our kids in these public schools who, you know, they have to learn the same thing. You should be able to choose what school your kids go to and not have the government indoctrinating them. So I, I just think that's just a moot point. Well, you can choose where your kid goes to school. What you can't choose is whether or not you pay for the local government school. And by that, what I mean is the school in 99% of the cases that has um, the lowest performance in a given geographic area, whatever your school district is, and uh, for the the given grade. So, you know, I'm sure that there's some charter schools and I'm sure that there might even be a handful of public schools out there that are worse than the public school, the government school that's in a given area. But mm-hmm. it's not likely nope. it's it's because you likely, can take your money away from those schools. If highly likely that we're talking above 95 uh, percent percentile here that it's always the government school. that's the worst one. The fact that somebody um, managed to to push somebody else out of their womb does not obligate you to pay for anybody's particular schooling. But I get the idea, and I think these are steps in the right direction. I like school choice, and I like all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I do like choice. I like competition. I'm sad that it's it's so considered uh, an idea in a certain direction or a wacky idea or idea that's just that's so tied to the Republican Party, and I just think yeah. that's so contingent on, you know where we are in the society and the debates now and and really but i but it's you get so much pushback and so much opposition and vitriol from the center the center left the, the far left they are they are so tied into this centralized public schooling and the idea that if you cannot get people to budge on this issue it's i know it's crazy because i mean the best the, the the solution for yourself is just to withdraw from their system, to sure. get away from it. That's the easiest and way. And they just don't want you to. Hmm. And it's amazing. Like, you know, you, you pick up and move and you tell them on Facebook that you did it for these very reasons. They're like, ah! 
Oh, yeah. They're fighting. The teachers unions, for instance, are, are fighting the education savings accounts tooth and nail. They sure. hate that people are voluntarily choosing not to send their kids to government schools, which and is what this is a nice, it's like, uh, I don't know what the, the word is, it's a relief valve, if you will. It's yeah. allowing people who've never been able to afford it. To now take a few thousand bucks, I think it's like four or five grand is what they get. Essentially, the state cuts per them a year? check, yeah, per year to to either send their kids right. to a private school or they can buy homeschool curriculums. And but that know. same student costs like sixteen thousand dollars to educate in the government school in system. Some towns, yeah. And, and so it's a huge savings for the town. The craziest thing to me is just that the only argument that the left has that we should only have public schools is oh well the poor people and yeah. th- there's a solution. There's a solution that makes. Poor people more able to have the education of rich people, mm-hmm. and the left is still pushing back against it. Like right. they don't understand right. that because they were public yeah. school educated. The answer is is a means based scholarship, but they don't want to hear about that. You know, because hey, go ahead. There's plenty of education to go around. And I just want to I just want to say real quick in D.C. There's the, uh, there is like charter schools and a school choice implemented in D.C. and plenty of lower income and African American people. The majority of the people benefiting from that are in those those groups. A federal judge in the United States has blocked enforcement of a new Arizona law restricting how the public and journalists can film police, Hmm. agreeing with the American Civil Liberties Union and multiple media organizations who argued it violated the First Amendment. U.S. District Judge John T. Tucci on Friday issued a preliminary injunction that stop the law from being enforced when it is set to take effect on September 24th. Oh, wow. That's nice. So they actually stopped it before it even went into into place. Good move. The quick decision came after Republican Arizona Attorney General Mark Brunovich and the prosecutor and sheriff's office in Maricopa County told the judge that they did not plan to defend the law. Hmm. They were named as defendants in a lawsuit filed last month. Wow. Well, it the the state's attor- attorney or whatever, the attorney general didn't pass the law. That was the legislature. Nope. But usually the attorney general does the legislature's bidding and they will defend, you know, they'll go and argue for it. That's it's amazing to me that the attorney general wouldn't even argue to try to defend this law. They just knew on its face that it was unconstitutional. Yeah. It says that it was enacted because of a Republican-controlled uh, legislature and signed by Republican Governor Doug Ducey on July 6th. Mm-hmm. It makes it illegal to knowingly film police officers at 2.5 meters or 8 feet or closer if the officer tells the person to stop. On private property, an officer who decides someone is interfering or the area is unsafe can order the person to stop filming even if the recording is being made with the owner's permission. Wait, on private property, yep. the cop can order, still order someone to stop. Wow. Okay, I thought they had a carve-out for private property. I guess I was wrong. If they decide it's interfering with their police action. Which they always yep. will. There's there's very little chance that an officer is going to say that it's fine if he knows he can order someone to stop recording. They want no accountability. They do not want a third party there keeping them accountable for their actions with video says the penalty was going to be a misdemeanor that would likely incur a fine without jail time. And it would uh, allow whoever has a video camera to be manhandled Mm -hmm. uh, and arrested 
and have their camera footage uh, taken, potentially deleted. There's a lot of consequences here, even though it's just a misdemeanor with no jail time. That's what they want, is they want you, if you have a video camera, to be gone from the scene. Has anyone you've ever known that wasn't doing anything like wrong said that they really didn't want to be filmed, I don't know, in public? I, I guess people think that it's illegal to just be filmed in public Some sometimes. Some people so don't they're... want to be recorded. Yeah. They in, just don't. They don't want to, but they don't realize that anyone can record them in public. And they get angry about dumb it. Type of person. And I won't do it. I won't record those people um, unless unless they're like being abused or something in the in the moment, like physically, and then I feel obligated to. But if uh, well, at the very least, you can uh, fi- uh, you know film them being physically abused, and yeah. then if they don't want to you know that film to be released or whatever, then I guess you can erase it or send it to them or whatever. No, at that point, I'm I'm not going to do anything that they ask me to. But generally, if I come onto a scene. If I am, you know, out doing cop block or whatever you want to call it, police accountability stuff, I will ask the person, I will say, you know, if they're being pulled over, I'll say, hey, is it okay if we record this? And sometimes people will say no, and I'll just leave. Like, if you don't want somebody watching the situation, okay, I got other things I can be doing. Yeah, I've seen um, First Amendment auditors that stay and they complain to the people like, we're protecting you. And it's just like, at that point, you're making yourself look kind of bad. And I think you can say it, but, you know. Let them go on. Yeah. Eh, whatever. People, eh, you know, people, people make their decisions for a variety of reasons. And some of those decisions yeah. are good and some of those decisions are bad. Yeah. And you just have to let people make their own. You know, what is it? Uh, what, good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. Mm. Yeah. I My think point- some people don't want to. They're worried that their family's going to see them or they just don't want their face out there in, in the media. They're their family's going to find out already that it, you were arrested be drunk, and beaten up. Being pulled over or something like that. Yeah. They're embarrassed about what they did and they don't want any extra attention brought to it. Or they just literally think it's illegal to film me in public because they some people are might. dumb and lots of people think that. Some but people my love point the was police. Some way people- less. It wasn't about people being arrested. My point was more have you ever been doing your job and thought. If somebody started um, recording me right now, that'd be really bad. Like, have you ever been doing a job so badly that you needed to, like, intimidate someone if you saw them with a video camera? To, you know what I mean? It's no, not- I mean, I'm being recorded every single night here, so I, <laughs> I'm used to being... I, I mean, I've screwed up many, many a times on camera, and there's just no one doing it. My point was just it looks really bad when police officers just cannot have themselves doing their public job in public that's supposed to be defending people recorded. That's just... Sure. A bad, uh, you know, but sign. we know they're not defending people. They're well, they're offending people. And- the premise is is that in the First Amendment that we the people are the press and a whole variety of things. So if we have to pay the salaries, then we should be able to. I like them. I like the term First Amendment auditors. I think that's a really good thing because mm-hmm. that's what they are. That's what they're doing. Mark, you've got a statistic poll of some sort that you want to share with us tonight about what Americans believe about the future of the, the strength, if you will, of America, the influence, the uh, what's the exact statement here that you want to share with well, us? Well, there's actually several of them here that I think are worth talking about, but 40% of Americans think a civil war is likely, at least okay. uh, either very or somewhat likely, between Republicans and Democrats. Oh, they actually asked them who the, the opponents would be? Because we've heard the 40% number, that's not new. There have been a few different polls, yeah. I think, that have 
thrown that out there. Uh, but no one has ever – I've never seen anybody ask the question of, well, who's fighting in this civil war? So they actually think people are going to square off Republicans versus Democrats. It's going to be a slaughter. I mean the Republicans are going <laughs> to just – Whose side has guns right. is the yeah. question you need to ask yourself. But the Democrats have bought more guns in the last decade or so than they've had in my lifetime. Okay. Um, you know, they were like, huh – those Republicans are very likely, because if you're a Democrat and you believe that there's going to be a civil war between Republicans and Democrats, you better arm up. You had better arm up. Now, I, I don't if, believe that. I wonder if they're as likely to go out to arrange and practice. And, practice is what matters, yeah. right? Like the, the first thing that matters is to have the gun. The second thing that matters is to be, to be able to use yeah, it. Yeah, if you've yeah. never shot the gun, you're done. You're not going to... I'm not saying you're shoot. done, but you're better off than the guy who doesn't have it. But... It's a really Not good idea much. to practice with it. Yeah. Uh, to, let me read the little preamble here because there's some, some really interesting statistics in this one. I, I think it's very interesting. And this is from YouGov? Yeah, today.yougov.com. Two in five Americans believe a civil war is at least somewhat likely in the U.S. within the next decade, according Mm -hmm. to recent polling by The Economist and YouGov. So not a bunch of libertarian extremists here. Uh, But what exactly do Americans think a second American civil war would look like? Among 15 potential future scenarios involving instability or political violence, the one that most Americans consider likely in the next decade is, is that the U.S. ceases to be a global superpower. 50, 50 percent of Americans say that the U.S. is going to cease to be a global superpower, mm. followed by a total collapse of the U.S. economy. Really? 47 percent. Now, I mean, wow, you, you know. I don't just because they say it doesn't mean it's so, but it's scary. In a lot of countries, the U.S. has some sort of uh, facility, and I mean, even in Cuba, right? There's a Guantanamo Bay down there. If you consider that in Cuba, yeah, it's run by the military, right? And well, no, I ask. I, I'm not saying it's not run by the military. I'm saying, is it in Cuba? I, well, now you're talking about political lines. I mean, it's on the island, right? It's on the island okay. of Cuba. So, uh, you know, you've got these things everywhere. The U.S. military is the world's arguably most powerful military force. What circumstances could lead to this coming true? If 50-plus percent of Americans are believing that America will no longer be a global superpower, how will we get from here to there? It sounds to me, I'm just going to guess here, it sounds to me like economic calamity is the only path that could get us to, to there. I think Americans are seeing that uh, Joe Biden, as much as he may want Vladimir Putin to not have invaded Ukraine, for whatever the reasons, I'm not taking, you know, not t- making a value statement, on it, but they know that Biden doesn't want that to have happened. And they see the impotence of the United States government in this arena. Like the United States government is not or cannot or something is, you know, is not stopping Russia from invading uh, Ukraine now. Ukraine appears to be, but to some extent That's they pushed what the them back. Mainstream media says. Well, they pushed them back a bit. I mean, you know, who knows? Who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, again, uh, well, where am I supposed to get news from if I'm not getting it from the mainstream media? You can get your opinions from RT and then at least get the other side of the story, whatever the whatever the truth happens to be. I expect RT to lie about uh, things that are that involve with Russia, and mm-hmm. I never look at RT when it has anything to do with Russia. Um, 
Nope. I mean, <laughs> well, you might as well be looking at the U- Ukrainian media if you're looking at United States media. I feel like it's just as bad either way. I think that the the answer is you cannot really know. You can get opinions yes. from various Correct. places, but you have no idea what's really happening. Yeah, and if you care enough, I just don't. I mean, I I, I don't want people to die, but my opinion doesn't matter. I just wanted to share a a quick anecdote that happened to me uh, this weekend. I thought you might find it interesting. So I took my kid to uh, soccer practice on Saturday, and then uh, we had a little time to kill afterward. And so I'm here in Amherst, New Hampshire. So we uh, swung over to the the library. I figured we could enter, I could entertain him for a little bit there. So um, we went down to the kid area, and I was just letting him browse through books and trying to convince him to let me read him a book and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I hear some gal and she's, uh, you know, giving a speech, uh, giving a speech. And it's just, um, it's out of sight. I can't visually see, but I'm starting to overhear it. And something it, uh, piques my, my interest. I, all of a sudden I hear her warning about uh, Punisher emblems on the back of vehicles mm, okay. and how okay. this could be, this could be dangerous. So that piqued my curiosity. I was thinking, what's this lady fear mongering about, right? Like, you know, who knows why somebody would have a Punisher thing on, they could be a comic book fan. They like the movie, whatever, you know, they could I, be I a cop. Some... I mean, they may be There's uh, a strong likelihood yeah. that they are, uh, you know, have worked for the United States military and carried a gun for them. Oh yeah. Yeah, who knows, right? There could be a number of reasons. But so I'm just trying to figure out what this is all about. So mm-hmm. I start trying to eavesdrop a bit. And the next thing I know, and she's going off about a number of topics. Um, she's, she references something called an appeal to heaven and hmm. other dangerous, um, other, dan- I don't know, whatever, dangerous Symbols. dog whistles or whatever you want to. Yeah, yeah, different references. And then she says, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she said something about, and you need to watch out for local uh, folks running for state rep who are free staters, mm-hmm. right? So she's, she's lived through all that. She's got free staters. She's, she mentioned three percenters, and she's going off. And these, this is the tail end of the talk. So yeah. I really didn't know what the heck she was talking about other than she was warning about a number of things. So, but now this is the punchline, right? This is, this is what might blow your mind. Is when I went home, I um, I was curious about what this talk might have been, so I start researching it. I went to the Amherst Library page to see what was on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I might have missed it, but I, I didn't actually see anything. But I started Googling around, and I, oh, because I got her name. Uh, cause Karen? Her name was Sarah from oh. Granite State Progress. Ah. This is the same kind of dirty pool mm-hmm. that Democrats all over play right like they can't just say these people disagree with us politically no they can't fight our ideas they have to say they're evil at the highest level of evil like they they can't go from you know just gradually work their way up and then find the uh you know white supremacists because there's surely some white supremacists in new hampshire Right. Probably somewhere. Yeah. No doubt about it. And some of them may be they're, they're probably I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm guessing a white supremacist, you know, an out one, the one you think of, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Vote Republican. And Good so I can see. Of it, yeah. yeah. Now, no, honestly, I believe the Democrats are the white supremacists because mm-hmm. they're the ones who believe that for whatever reason, ethnic people cannot 
rise up through the ranks like every other social class, every other ethnic group has in the United States from, you know, the, the Germans, the Irish, the, uh, the Italians and whomever, um, have throughout the years. But somehow, you know, the, the, the black folks can't do it or the Mexicans can't do it or whomever can't do it. So, um, they need our help, say the Democrats. Right. And yeah. that's a white supremacist, mm-hmm. mind you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever, there certainly are people that would burn a, a cross on somebody's lawn. And I think that's who they're talking about. And it seems likely that those people would prefer a Republican candidate over a, a, a Democratic one. But that's what they want to make everybody out as. Like yeah. if you value human freedom and you value uh, people being able to make their own decisions in their lives and not being able to fo- – being corralled like human cattle into whatever social program you want them into, well, they must be a white supremacist because everybody I disagree with is Hitler. I actually heard something, Ryan, and I don't know who was reporting on this. It was one of the, I think it was like the Free State Project Discord server. Somebody also came across one of these events. I don't know if it was the same one or similar series being held at a different library. But uh, he said that during the presentation, they actually put a slide up that said that Carla Garrick, who was the Free State Project president, is a white supremacist. The anti-apartheid activist. Yeah, from South Africa. <laughs> and uh, I've never heard a, a such a, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with Carla. I've never heard, utter, heard her utter such a word in, in any sort of I would say the opposite. Manner. Yeah. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Well, you should see the image that they have. And if you, if you Google this, understanding the white supremacist threat to democracy in New, ha- New Hampshire, mm-hmm. patch.com, maybe you might, be, you might be able to find, find it. But the image advertising this talk, I mean, it's, it's over the top. And, and granted, I don't know exactly what she said about free staters the whole time, but I mean, it's got swastikas. It has Hitler. It's like the, the, the impression that this association would give you is just insane. And I, I'm really curious what she did say, because the, the way that she referenced free stater, uh, you know, it made me feel like she had referenced it before, because I feel like that's the type of term that to you know, a public audience, you would be not just using without a definition because you would be probably correctly assuming that many wouldn't know what you're talking about. So the manner in which that she referenced the free staters, uh, it definitely seemed like it had come up before and she was just referencing. Oh yeah. Granite state progress is one of the hate groups. I believe that many of the people who say it believe it, Mm -hmm. but if you ask them to back it up, then what they have to do is they have to say things like, well, free staters believe in, you know, free staters are libertarians. Libertarians believe in capitalism. Capitalism is a system that benefits the, uh, powerful elite that are currently in mm. place and you know variety of things like this they're so they bend over backwards to they, try got, to... they got to stack up the facts in mm. order to get to racism not just say they hate people because of their race because we said so right because well that, that's that's would be what uh, you know, a white supremacist would be a white supremacist would be a person um, unless you want to manipulate the terminology a white person a supremacist is simply a person who believes that white people are superior on aggregate. And they only over... want to be around white people, so they don't want them in their communities, other mm-hmm. people in their communities. 
Yeah, the, the, well, it's likely what they believe, but I mean, the white supremacist by definition simply means that they believe that white people are superior on aggregate, um, in, you know, to other races for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Likely that person will want to live only around white people. That would people. make them a white nationalist if they wanted to. White nationalist, yeah, that's the. Uh, oh, the, I guess the that's difference. what I was thinking of because that's what I always hear. It's like. Sure. Well, we. Well, they we use the have... terms interchangeably and they obviously, as we're talking about here, lie their butts off well it is highly likely that a white supremacist will also be a white nationalist Indeed. i mean it seems like the the logical if you will conclusion yeah. that they would make uh and so these you know one of the questions i just realized i didn't ask ryan when he called in was did it's and i, I suspect he would have told us if, if he did but did you ask a question like oh you just stumbled into this little uh meeting you know stand there listen for a moment and then raise your hand right like yeah. oh you said free staters are white supremacists what are you basing that on because i'm a free stater yep. or whatever you know just and this is one of the reasons why a lot of these anti-free state project meetings that this group has been having they're called granite state progress they have been pushing the anti-free state message for years here in new hampshire they hate freedom they love big government and they have been on the attack for a long time. And so they've this been is something, this. you know, just to talk about that for a second, it just seems so crazy to me because it's not like the olive branch wasn't proffered. Mm-hmm. The free staters did say at one point. Now, you know, personally, I'm not a free stater anymore. But if somebody mm-hmm. came to me as though I were one and I can certainly speak as one mm-hmm. um, and they were sort of saying, hey, you want to work with the Democrats? The first thing that I would be thinking is, is how are you trying to scam me? How are you trying to trick me? Because at this point, the Democrats have acted like such a-holes. I think that there's an interesting turn that occurred here in New Hampshire, which is is that the Democrats, because um, you know New Hampshire is just too white, have decided that they're no longer going to use the first-in-the-nation status of New Hampshire. Only Republicans will have their primary mm. in New Hampshire really? um, come 2024 or how, whatever. How are they going to do that? They can do what they want. It's their party. But the primaries are done through the state. They're not done. I, look, I, this is privately. what was told to me by um, you know an insider, huh. and I don't you know I I don't propose to tell you how it's going to work. Um, I'm just revealing you what think was that's told coming to me in 2024, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who which Democrat's going to win in 2024 in the mm-hmm. primary. So it really is 2028. That's well, uh, I thought uh, the Democrats really wanted to fight to keep their first in the nation primary thing. I thought that that was a thing. I didn't know they were just giving it up. My understanding is they're giving it up completely mm. in, uh, in lieu of another state, which is more uh, ethnically diverse. And huh. that is probably going to weaken the Democratic Party here in New Hampshire yeah, by a little bit. Wait, wait, I, and a little bit is I've all that matters. That, but I don't understand. Wh- why is that? Why will it weaken the Democratic Party? Because one of the my my understanding of it and it makes some sense to me is that the rebel Republicans, I, I think we should interview somebody on this rather than have me um, tr- attempt to stumble my way through it. But that the Republicans will be bolstered by the first in the nation status. You know, they're they're important on a national scale. The money that will money will be dumped into the state by Republican PACs. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas New Hampshire will diminish on a national scale and the money will not be dumped in by the Democratic Party. Okay, so what I've heard about this is that this is a state law. Okay, so that there's actually a state law, an RSA as they call them here in yep. New Hampshire, a statute that says that New Hampshire has to be the first in the nation. Basically, it says if any other state moves its primary up, New Hampshire will move its primary up. 
That's that's the way they're playing this. Now, the Democrats may want to change that here in New Hampshire, but they are not in charge of the state legislature at the moment. So I don't think that they're going to get through with that. So I don't understand. And again, like you said, maybe there's somebody out there that knows more about this. Feel free to call in at 603-283-6160. I don't get how they would be able to do anything about this from the outside. This would this would be something they would have to accomplish by changing, I believe, the state law. I don't know how it works, but yeah. uh, my understanding is that it is uh, a done deal and that the Democrats are doomed. Let's not forget that another issue um, has occurred is the Democrats allowed the Republicans to win in a year where uh, the another time where the Republicans get to set the districts. So what were some of the other takeaways you wanted to share from this poll? So what I want to do is, is I want to read some of these questions, then go through them with you, because it's, it, okay. it's fascinating. It's a long list and worthy of an entire show of itself. So um, I'll just read some to you, and you can, and I'll tell you a few things about them. Okay. The U.S. will no longer be a global superpower. Looks like 50% uh, say that, probably and more Republicans and Democrats than independents. Was it yes, no, maybe? And if so, how many said maybe? It's likely, very likely, somewhat likely, or excuse uh, me, somewhat likely, very likely, not sure, prefer not to say, not very likely, um, not likely at all. So 50% said somewhat or or very likely is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, got it. So 12% said not likely at all that the mm-hmm. U.S. will no longer be a global superpower. Mm. And this this part doesn't say 10 years, but previously it did. Got it. Um, so, two, there Nothing will be- lasts forever. I mean, the U.S. is not going to be a superpower forever because the U.S. will not be around forever, just like all nations on the planet it will not last forever. The question is, how long will it last? It's, that's right. And, you, yeah. and to answer questions like this, you really have to look at the other nations and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I still remain skeptical that the U.S. is going to diminish on a global scale in a ranking system mm-hmm. uh, be below China anytime soon. I, I think China has a huge demographics problem. That's not okay. going to, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of young Chinese people taking care of, of a lot more old Chinese people than they were before. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons that I'm at the very least interested in the idea that China created the COVID virus in order to kill old people so they wouldn't have to take care of them. Hmm. If I was an evil dictator. Uh, but the wasn't people, the United States also involved in creating the virus? I, again, um, you know, you can look at yes or no on these. People will write anything you want to hear on the Internet. Um, it, you know, the most recent thing is, no, no, it was from bats. No, we, 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 it really was from bats. The oh, most really? recent thing was that it came from a U.S. lab. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. That um, I can't imagine that U.S. Being lab the case. in China. The Wuhan no, lab. one in the U.S. Oh, well, I, yeah, I don't have that. it in front of me right Let now. Let me uh, go on it. here. There will be a total economic collapse is uh, the predictions from uh, this poll. And it looks like 47 percent say that there'll be a total, total economic collapse. They have the benefit of spreading the U.S. dollar all around the planet. So when they print dollars out in the U.S., it steals value from global users it's not just stealing it's not the same thing as like argentina or turkey where you are seeing yeah. high levels of inflation because whatever it is the lira i think and is it, is yep, it the lira in, in turkey turkey yeah yeah no turkey is um the, the, the lira was uh um italy um, oh okay okay uh, 
But there's what is in the turkey? I, I don't know. I You've know been it was there. Lira. I, I should know this. I can identify its flag. <laughs> What's that, Bunny? I know it was the lira because when I heard it like is last it? year, Turkish I was like, lira? "Oh, that's a pretty word. Why don't we have the lira instead of the dollar?" Maybe, maybe it is the Turkish lira. Yeah, this is the problem with the. It is asking. Turkish Turkish lira. Thanks for looking it up. Um, it has been on a uh, quite a decline, and and yes. other countries as well. They're printing the heck out of it. But that's because one of the reasons why it affects those countries greater is that they only use it there. Right, like it's the Turkish lira isn't getting use in uh, other United places States. for the most part, right? Like you can't go to Mexico and buy things with the Turkish lira. No, you can't go to El Salvador and buy things. You know, you can't go to well, uh, El Salvador uh, actually uses the U.S. dollar. So that's what I'm saying. Okay, these are countries that, uh, but you could use the U.S. dollar almost everywhere. The one pl- there was a country in Africa that I was in, not too in the mm-hmm. too distant past. I really couldn't use the U.S. dollar wow. there. But um, that's surprising. You yeah. can almost they'll almost always. Give give you an exchange rate mm-hmm. at the register. Now, that exchange rate won't be good, but, but they will give you one. Yeah. Well, was it the whole country or just that island you were on? Um, it was the, you know, the, the, that was my experience is that there was a, uh, a country that I was in that wouldn't let me do it. Right. So uh, anyway, that's the point I'm making here. There are countries where the U.S. dollar is essentially their legal tender. And yeah, so, there's a few. So when the U.S. government, uh, Federal Reserve. Ones that can't run their own central bank, basically. Whatever. For whatever reason. Uh, you know, even in countries where there is a central bank like Venezuela, they've now allowed dollarization to happen there. And it's yeah. actually helped their economy to, to do that. I bet. So, you know, when the Federal Reserve is printing more dollars, they're not just stealing money from they're not stealing value from Americans. Because remember, when you increase the money supply, that's what inflation is. That's the definition. It's a real definition of inflation. Increasing the money supply. When you increase the money supply, you steal value from savers. You steal value from anybody that has dollars in a bank account or in a wallet or whatever, and that includes the people all around the planet with a dollar. So that's why they can get away with it more here. They can print more here and and, yeah. and do it for longer. Here. And this is also the reason that in 2008, when a whole bunch of money was printed, but the money wasn't really released, it was just given to banks to mm-hmm. bolster them. Better than to actually have a civil war, why not just have a civil breakup and say well, goodbye to this stupid idea of this union trying to force everyone together? That is actually stated by some people who've you know sort of made statements, some, some quoted statements in here. And to me, that makes sense. But they don't really talk about that in – you know they're not really asking that question. Um you know they're they're not making it clear that question. Will federalism increase on the national level, allowing states to, uh, you know, be more right or left or anything like that? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I think that it's probably the least likely outcome of them all is because power tends to centralize. The founding fathers said so. They, had, uh, uh, you know, ostensibly created a system that was supposed to prevent that of course this was the first shot united states constitution is the oldest constitution in the world sorry san uh, marco uh you know maybe the second oldest mm. um and it basically you know it was it was an experiment and we'll see how it goes um but i it's don't like believe, crap yeah i don't believe that you're going to see uh federalism somehow reinstituted but if it could be done, it would be done by the Supreme Court that has, you know, this Supreme Court is more likely to do it than any other. Okay, so what's the next thing you want to share? So what I want to share is it says it's, uh, there's going to be a civil war between um, people who are Republicans and Democrats at 40%, right? But there's also civil wars between other, um, you know, options here. So there will be a civil war in the U.S. It's actually lower than 
a civil war between Republicans and Democrats. What, Where what are they going to fight it? What does that mean if they just say there will be a civil war in the U.S. and they don't say who's between, like, just states? It means that 3% of people clearly don't know where they are. What percentage said it would be a civil war? Um, it, a civil war in the U.S., it's 3% lower than um, the 40%, so 37 And there will be a civil war between red and blue states. <laughs> I guess they don't know what that means because that's only, uh, let's see, 32%. Hmm. Um, there, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm only getting the I ones that have to do a civil war. I think, Bonnie, what they're saying is that people just have a feeling, right? Like they think that people can't come together. Yep. There's more political division than ever, and people understand that politics, at some level, whether they can they can verbalize it or not, people understand that politics is violence against your neighbor. And it's certainly in lieu of violence. Yeah, I was going to say they at least think that there would be violence if we can't figure it out in a political way. And that's what they believe there is has happening. to be. That's the only other option. They think that, oh, well, people are more divided than they've ever been. So, of course, a war must result from that division rather than just saying goodbye and declaring independence and seceding. Now, did you tell me there's questions about that? There is a question about uh, secession, but I want to go through these civil war questions and talk about the percentages just to show, to undermine this, because the people who are being asked are just your average American, Mm -hmm. and they don't know nothing. If there is a civil war between Republicans and Democrats, it will be a war between the New York City metro, the uh, West Coast uh, the West Coast of the United States, and then the center. I mean, Chicago has fallen. I mean, it will be the first thing that you hear. All, you because, ha- all they're going to have to do is say, well, no more food for you. Right. So, and you've, you've pointed <laughs> out it. that the Republicans, uh, that the red, red areas control not only food production, but energy production. Mm-hmm. You, where do you think your power grid originates? Mm. You know, like, the, you know, just the idea that Democrats could fight a civil war is ridiculous they yeah. have no weapons no weapons um, no food what are they going to do it with it Re- replica yeah. katanas no. i mean come on <laughs> it's just not going to happen so let's go on to this question i think this was a, a great one and something you're going to be interested states this is the question states will secede from the united states and that is Within 10 years or just at some point? It just says uh, okay. within, you know, presumably within 10 years. Okay. But um, it started with that. So it, it sets the, the, the pace for 10 years. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But it doesn't say that. Um, and what it says here is, is that 10% believe that it is very likely. 18% that it believe it is somewhat likely. So you get 28% believing it. Okay. 23% uh, prefer not to say or hmm. just not sure. Um, 23% on the fence. Yeah, twenty five percent think it's not very likely, and twenty three percent think it's not likely at all. Okay, and so um, almost fifty percent are are saying yeah. it's not going to happen. And this is one of the one of the statements I'd say about this is that we don't need them all. Um, one of the you know, just this one in particular. Yeah. You are a tried and true patriot because you will stand here and wait for the day that you can make America better by. Uh, having New Hampshire or other states secede from it. I, on the other hand, say, F this crazy crap, and I left. I don't care about making America better. Oh, yes, you better. do. No, I don't. Yeah. You want New Hampshire to be a better place, so you'll stay in America. Because you're a patriot, man. <laughs> you love this stay place. Stay in America to leave America, not stay in America because it's America. I love New Hampshire. I love the freedom that people appreciate here, and I can the see that freedom New Hampshire- of America originated in New Hampshire. 
New Hampshire is America. That's why New Hampshire should say goodbye first, because we can be a free place again. You believe in what America stands for. No, I don't. I'll say that I believe in what America was supposed to stand for. I'll say that I believe in that. Well, but it doesn't stand for those things now. Yeah, I know. So that's why we need to leave. So the story here is from uh, DNYUZ.com, which basically just copies other sources. I'll see if I can find what it was. New York Times. That's where this originally came from. Uh, the largest anti-government protest since 2009 in Iran gathered strength this weekend on Saturday, spreading to as many as 80 cities, even as the so-called authorities escalated a crackdown that has reportedly killed dozens of people and brought the arrests of prominent activists and journalists, according to rights groups and news media reports. Internet access, especially on cell phone apps widely used for communication, continue to be disrupted or fully blocked. I know that Signal was working over the weekend to try to regain access to the people of Iran so they can uh, continue to provide them services without the government's knowledge. And the gov- government's trying to block Signal, basically, from mm. uh, from people using it. Uh, affecting their ability to communicate with the outside world. News from Iran has trickled out with many hours of delay. While the protests in 2009 erupted over an election that was condemned as fraudulent, the current demonstrations are apparently focused on Iranian security forces with reports of vicious beatings of security officers and fire bombings of the local headquarters of the notorious Morality Police. In many cities, including Tehran, the capital security forces responded by opening fire on the crowds. On the uh, couple of apartment complexes in Tehran, officers, fire, officers fired at windows in the city of Rush. I don't, that's a hard one to pronounce in English. Uh, they threw tear gas into apartments, according to witnesses. Iranian state media said that at least 35 people had been killed in the unrest, but human rights groups said that number is likely to be much higher. A previous death toll of 17 included at least five members of their security services. Videos posted online and the scale of the response are difficult to independently verify, but video and photos sent by witnesses to the New York Times that were known, rather, to the New York Times were broadly in line with the images posted widely online. Uh, Resentments and anger have been building for months, particularly among young Iranians, in response to a crackdown ordered by their hardline president that has targeted women. That comes on top of a litany of complaints over the years of corruption, mismanagement of the economy, inept handling of COVID, and widespread political repression. The problems have persisted under President Ibrahim Raisi, who came to power in an election in which any potential contenders were eliminated before the vote, particularly those from the reformist faction. So it sounds a lot like Ukraine, where they have banned the opposition party, Yep. Yet, while the the mainstream media here in the United States touts Ukraine as some sort of bastion of democratic uh, freedoms, and it's absolutely I ridiculous. Up, uh, what gun control is like in Iran? I remember during the Iraq War mm-hmm. that um, you could expect almost every household to be armed, and this is one of the concerns that obviously U.S. In soldiers Iraq? would have in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Iran, it looks like no guns, all control. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. 
Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. <laughs> 